Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. All groups of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 5th of December. My gosh, we are in the final month of the year, the final countdown and what a year it has been. Um, I'm Giselle Hanna and I'm actually alone today. Pierre is off gallivanting or goodness knows what, but he did leave us the interview, the feature story for the morning. So I can't criticise him too badly. Um, But of course, we are, as I said, in the final month of 2020 and uh, Asia Pacific Currents will produce our last show on Saturday the 20th of, uh, sorry, Saturday the 19th of December. That will be our last show. So uh, after this show, a couple more shows to go uh, and then we will wish you a very, very joyous end of the year given it has been... um, a very tumultuous year and of course I do want to thank the 3CR staff because without them we just would never have gotten through the last eight months and this show would not have continued to go to air. Uh, and in case you're wondering what you can do with all of your spare change at the end of 2020, kick some to 3CR. We didn't have our annual radiothon as previously intended and our a lot of our fundraising drives were impacted by COVID, as we know has been the case for lots of other organisations. So I did mention that Pierre uh, did the feature interview for this morning and he spoke with Elma Labog, who is the chairperson of the KMU, Kilosung Male Uno, which is the militant um, left-wing progressive trade union labour movement centre in the Philippines. Um, and he spoke to Elma about their Global Day of Action. And so we will find out a little bit more about what those comrades were organising. We have covered the Philippines extensively on the show, particularly um, Dutetra's war, uh, supposedly war on drugs, but just a general war on the people of the Philippines. Um, so we will hear that in the second part of the show. But of course, first up, news from around the region. And we're going to start in India where uh, we um, talk about or look at the general strike that was organised in that country last week on the 26th of November an estimated 250 million workers took part in a general strike in India organised by the main Indian trade union federations. Let me say that number again so it can really sink in. 250 million workers took part in that general strike. This historic show of force by workers comes on the back of harsh new anti-worker and anti-union laws recently enacted by the BJP government led by Prime Minister Narendra Modi and this legislation will push hundreds of millions of workers into insecure and unhealthy employment. Reflecting the anger of the whole working class, workers from all sectors and from all over India participated in the strike. 
At the same time, tens of thousands of Indian small farmers are continuing their blockade of the capital, New Delhi, against the government intention to cut farm subsidies and privatise large swathes of the rural economy. And of course, all of this is happening against an economic crisis spurred on or catalyzed by COVID um, and the massive disproportionate impact that COVID is having on the poor people, the rural poor, um, the Dalits uh, and the other underclass of India. Moving now to Iraq, where there have been more deaths of protesters. Following the removal of the main protest camp from the capital Baghdad a few weeks ago, Anti-government demonstrators in other central and southern cities have progressively come under more pressure. Last weekend, six anti-government protesters were killed and another 60 wounded in the southern city of Nasiriyah when their encampment was attacked by supporters of the populist Shia leader Muqtadar al-Sadar. The leaders of the anti-government movement that started in October of last year stated that they'll continue as their original aims of fighting for jobs, demanding the end to corruption and violence and nepotism are still major problems in the country. And moving to Australia, insecure work kills workers. As in many parts of the world, the last decade has seen a huge increase in the number of food delivery drivers in all major cities of Australia. Again, replicating a global trend, these delivery drivers are seen as independent contractors and suffer under poverty wages, terrible working conditions and insecure employment status. In the last two months, Five delivery drivers have been killed on Australian roads in separate traffic incidents. The majority of these delivery drivers are international students or workers on temporary visas that are desperate to work and have very few other employment choices available to them. And I do know that probably um, many of you out there share... um, the frustration that we can sometimes feel when we see these delivery drivers on the road but bearing in mind that most often these workers are paid per delivery and so their um, attention to I guess um, driving safely is overshadowed by the desperation to make as many deliveries as possible because they're on absolute poverty wages an indictment on that industry and the gig economy more broadly. Moving now to Turkey, where there have been mass arrests of workers once again. Metal workers from three factories, Sistemair HSK, Ozer Electric and Baldur Suspansion, uh, located in central Turkey. These workers attempted to march into the capital, Ankara, last week. The workers were protesting at the ongoing harassment of union activists, the United Metal Workers Union and the dismissal and suspension of many of them under the guise of COVID-19. The workers' demonstration was met with busloads of police and before long, 97 workers had been arrested for breaching public order under COVID-19 restrictions. The union then called on the government to end the continued intervention against union rights and freedoms, for the trade union to be respected, uh, for the dismissed workers to be given their jobs back without loss of rights, and while an investigation needs to be launched into the bosses who have committed a constitutional crime. 
our next story is the Philippines, which we'll look at in more detail in the second part of the show when we speak to Elma Labog. But earlier this week on November 30, Filipino workers and their international supporters marked a global day of action. The situation for workers in the Philippines keeps deteriorating, with workers only receiving poverty wages, job insecurity is rife, with many workers under contract agreements. In addition, working hours are long and work conditions dangerous. On top of all of this, the government has been using red tagging and death squads um, to create a climate of fear and terror for working class communities. The Maktan Economic Zone highlights the issues facing Filipino workers as over the last three months, over 5,000 workers have been dismissed at a number of factories in that zone. At a rally to protest these layoffs on the 30th of November, the police attacked the rally and arrested five unionists. And our last story from for this morning comes from Kyrgyzstan and the struggle for workers in that country continues. And for the last two years, workers and unionists have waged a constant campaign in Kyrgyzstan against the adoption of a labour reform bill called the Law on Trade Unions. As with many other countries, this law seeks to significantly restrict the scope of trade union activities, it will dictate the internal structure of trade unions, and it will place trade unions under the control of state institutions. In response, the government has targeted trade union leaders and activists via arrests, constant interrogations, provocations and other political pressures. In addition, union officers and union leaders' homes have been ransacked, with bank accounts of some unions seized. There is an international campaign by global unions to support workers in Kyrgyzstan. And that brings us to the end of news from around the region. We're going to go do some community announcements and then our interview with Elmer Labog. I want to drop food, not bombs. Hot trains, bottles, giving every info shop. I want to give free therapy out in the park. Go to free school, jump to high rack, when I was new to Melbourne, I found a Food Not Bombs fly on the road and I had like this feast with a carrot and carrots are my favourite vegetable. Yeah, I think they were asking for help doing stuff and I got in touch. We, I guess, rescue food. That would otherwise go to waste. I like the aspect of sharing food and um, not making anyone feel obligated to pay anything for it. We make a real point at Food Not Bombs of involving everyone who wants to be involved in whichever part they want to be involved in. For more information, go to fnbmelb.noblogs.org. Food Not Bombs is a 3CR supporter. Well, brothers and sisters, what a show of strength we've got here today. Local issues. So I'm here at the school, kids strike for climate action. Live coverage. Join the, the spirit of this gathering here today at IMARC. Your voices. So give us a bit of a lowdown about what's happening. There's about 200, 200 people here at the moment. Community struggles. We're now in front of the uh, Tundaminawaya Mulbohina Monument. I'd like to thank Community Radio 3CR, who for the last decade has been broadcasting here. Feed Radical Radio, your membership is vital. A few hundred people about to pass us right now. Lots of young people standing up for their future. Subscribe today.
go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 9419 8377. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents and I'm Giselle Hanna. Earlier in the week, Pierre Morrow, my co-host who's not with me today, had an opportunity to speak with Elma Lebog, who's the chairperson of the KMU, the Kilosung Mao Uno, which is a militant trade union federation in the Philippines. They spoke about the International Day of Action around the rights of workers in the Philippines. On November the 30th, there was the Global Day of Action in support of Filipino workers. Can you tell us what were the reasons that this Day of Action was held? The, the Global Day of Action is a joint activity by the uh, uh, Council of Global Unions in the Philippines and uh, the International uh, Global Unions during the focus of the uh, mass actions as well as protest activities here and abroad is the uh, intensification of trade union repression by the uh, Duterte government as well as the uh, blatant violation of uh, human rights here in the country. And so uh, various international unions as well as international institutions and the uh, uh, governments were very keen in uh, uh, developments occurring uh, in the Philippines in previous uh, previous uh, days, years, and at the present time, wherein massive killings had been happening uh, against trade unionists, against the indigenous sector, and especially against peasants, and also lawyers, the church people. In fact, no. Uh, sectors of society had been excluded in in this going rampage of the uh, Duterte government. So for in the case of the trade unions, when we were uh, in uh, Canberra campaigning for the support of parliamentarians to call on the Duterte government to stop its uh, red tagging and the indiscriminate killings of various sectors, uh, the number of killed uh, workers were 46. Currently, it has jumped to 50 already, and thus this has uh, uh, placed the uh, country uh, consistently for the uh, past five years in the list of IB, ITUC uh, most dangerous countries in the world for workers because of this uh, red tagging and the killings that is uh, still an ongoing thing under the Duterte regime till uh, the present time. So uh, it is uh, for this occasion that we would like to thank the various uh, reunions in so many countries who have uh, participated in the uh, protest actions and uh, online activities to denounce the uh, the intensifying trade union attacks against uh, trade unionist uh, organizers, mass leaders, as well as their, uh, their legal counsels who have been supportive of the actions of trade unions. So this is uh, 
more or less the uh, reason why uh, the 11 uh, Council of Global Unions uh, in the international uh, labor movement has uh, actively participated in our call for uh, global action last November 30. And uh, at the same time, it was participated uh, by so many uh, workers uh, in March at the uh, University of the Philippine Philippines uh, campus wherein uh, the uh, intensifying attacks against the people has been tackled by uh, various terms uh, society. Uh, the delivery uh, in terms of mobilization of the various uh, locals of the Council of Global Unions and, and uh, of course, of the KMU has been very impressive on that day, which also happens to be a commemoration of the birth uh, date, 157-year birthday of working-class hero, Agat Gis Bonifacio. Thank you for that uh, very good description of uh, why and what happened on November the 30th for the Global Day of Action. And over the years um, here in, on Asia Pacific Currents, we have covered a number of times the terrible repression that's happening in the Philippines and the reg tagging of uh, labor organizers. Now, it will be difficult for a lot of uh, trade unionists here in Australia to really know how it is to live under the constant fear of being red-tagged and killed and also how do you organize efficiently when you know that there are paramilitary killers around so maybe you can explain to us uh, you know under what conditions and, and how organizers are still able to organize uh, among workers in the Philippines yeah, we are living in a very uh, dangerous time currently, and uh, your description is very correct that uh, tourists as well as uh, the farms are highly militarized. But thanks to the courage of uh, workers in, in asserting uh, their legitimate rights as uh, trade unionists, despite the killings, despite the uh, red taggings, and in fact, profiling of uh, family members of uh, of even simple uh, ordinary uh, union members, uh, our members have been very uh, consistent in asserting their their uh, trade union and human rights. In fact, in one of our uh, banana plantation unions, uh, Sumifro, they've suffered the murder of one of their leaders when they went on strike last year. Uh, in a in a banana that's a banana plantation in uh, Compostela Valley, uh, Mindanao, and uh, the uh, house and union office of uh, of the union had been burned down after so many uh, failed attempts to burn it down. They they were successfully able to burn down the president's house and also the uh, local union office there. But to this day, they they're still around and they've been assertive of their uh, of the right to organize and uh, the right to uh, assert uh, to have a collective bargaining agreement. Uh, what is uh, really bothering us now is the uh, fear of, of constant surveillance and rug tagging, even of uh, regular uh, workers, meaning uh, the standard uh, members of our unions, uh, aside from that, of course, of the organized. So 
what is our what is our attitude towards this uh, this uh, blatant uh, disrespect of our rights we treat the the situation as if we are still uh, under martial law and so uh, what is the situation now where we have to adapt is that uh, we have to do uh, organizing in a clandestine manner so before uh, we've been very uh, careful not to be detected by management but uh, into uh, forming unions but now we have to be very careful especially against these uh, ununiformed agents who are usually uh, in watching the movements of uh, our uh, our organizers uh, in a recent uh, case a, a member of our union in southern tagalog miss atienza who was uh, who was a worker of in one of the uh, semiconductor industries there is uh, having a a business as uh, her wages are not enough uh, in the local company so uh, She's gone to the business of selling some items online, and there were a, a group of people who said they are interested to join her in that business. And so they set a date uh, in, a, in a mall, in a restaurant, and uh, when she was there, instead of talking about business, they said she should stop uh, entertaining uh, people coming to, their, to her house because these people are rebels. And uh, she said there's no one else coming to our house except uh, trade unionists. And instead of really saying that uh, she should uh, stop uh, trade union work, they said that uh, they knew all up, uh, about the profile of her two daughters. They knew about her, her family. They knew exactly the birth dates of uh, uh, her daughters and uh, her parents. And so she was really very scared. That is why we had a dialogue with the Commission on Human Rights, and uh, she gave this testimony. She was one of those who gave uh, a testimony uh, during the Global uh, Day of Action online uh, conference, uh, which was which was a build-up for November 30, and this happened uh, last November 23, and it it was an an international uh, conference to uh, testify on the uh, abuse of the uh, trade union and human rights in the Philippines. So, for example, under the pandemic, we were uh, doing uh, relief work. But at the same time, uh, we hide under this cover in order to really have meetings with our members and even those new uh, workers who didn't have unions yet, uh, we were able to reach them through our uh, uh, relief operations and uh, food distribution. And through to this time, during the typhoon, we were also able to at the same time reach out and uh, do relief operations at the same time organizing work so it's really a very uh, very dangerous situation as you could be not only be arrested anytime but uh, it may cause you death already just for asserting our, our rights as trade unionists as well as uh, organizers of the non-unionized and contractual workers who are the uh, dominant uh, number of workers now in so many uh, uh, sex section of the uh, of work here in the Philippines. So essentially, organizing is uh, being done uh, clandestinely, especially with the increasing incidences of red tagging and the recently approved anti-terrorism law and its implementing rules and regulations, which is uh, more harsh, harsher than the, the anti-terrorism law itself. Uh, that brings us to a point where 
a first time in history there are 37 petitioners against the anti-terrorism law that has been filed with the Supreme Court of the Philippines. Uh, sadly, the uh, hearings of the uh, petitioners would be held uh, on the on uh, January 19, and this is still a long way to go, and we fear for the lives of many of our officers and members while the hearing for the legitimacy of the uh, anti-terrorism law still awaits till January 19. So we will have to brace ourselves uh, in this very uh, delicate situation. And uh, uh, one thing that is really ironic is that it's not uh, a normal life for workers in the Philippines as we have to be very cautious in our, in our mob mobilizations, in our mobility, as well as uh, our presence in so many uh, places. As much as possible, we have to be very uh, secretive on, on places we are and uh, movements to and fro our, or our sleeping place and to workplace. So this is the real situation wherein uh, it is really uh, imperative that uh, workers from other countries as well as uh, uh, governments that are really uh, watching what the developments in the Philippines should call on the Duterte government to stop, to put an end to these uh, uh, human rights uh, violations now. Thank you for that description. You've actually covered a number of other questions I was going to ask, but uh, you gave a very vivid, if very frightening, overview of what's happening in the in the Philippines. And uh, certainly we will uh, keep struggling and, and fighting together because uh, things need need to change and uh, and I think uh, the heroic efforts of uh, labor organizers and workers in the Philippines are, are being noticed by other workers around the world so Elma uh, we wish you all the very best to you and your colleagues and to workers there and uh, please take care and uh, we will keep in touch in the future thank you so much Pierre and uh, we would like to our listeners of Free uh, CR Radio, we've been uh, always uh, asked uh, to be interviewed, and uh, this is a great opportunity to really show the world, uh, show our friends in Australia that uh, we really uh, highly appreciate the uh, uh, mass actions uh, we always do there in various states in support of our struggle in the Philippines. It has been a long uh, way that been with the, that we've been working together uh, on these issues and I think uh, the trade unionists as well as the uh, Australian people for your long time support thank you thank you so very much and mabuhay to 3CR radio mabuhay and that was Pierre Morrow interviewing Elma Labog the chairperson of the Kilosang Mayo Uno which is the um militant labor movement federation in the philippines talking about their global day of action and that does bring us to the end of another asia pacific currents for this morning two more shows to go for us till the end of the year and just a very very big thank you to all of the listeners who have stuck with us this year uh, we've done our absolute best to bring you new um, and interesting content even though we're still programming from home 
And again, a very big thank you to 3CR staff that have kept us on air um, and kept the station alive and functioning. We will likely be broadcasting live from the station again next year and we uh, will be back though. We will be back next week with more news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hannah.